It is Free Talk Live, and I am Mark Edge. And I'm Alex. That's right. It's been a long time, ladies and gentlemen, and since I was uh, sitting here in the driver's seat of Free Talk Live, but God, it feels good to be back behind the microphone. For those of you who don't know, let me do a quick introduction. Um, I, Mark Edge, uh, was on the first night that Free Talk Live was broadcast, and that was many years ago. That was in uh, November of 2002. Ian and I and another gentleman named Mike did our first show down in Sarasota, Florida. And I've basically helped grow Free Talk Live for... That, that that entire time frame. Now, about a year ago, I ceased being on the air because, well, um, I was trying to find places in the United States where, well, our door wouldn't be kicked in by the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Did you find one? Uh, no. <laughs> You're not going to find any place where the Federal Bureau, inside the Federal Government, where the Federal Bureau of Investigations can't kick your door in. And this is the conclusion I came to, is, is that no matter how much you look around America, you're simply not going to find a place where the FBI and the IRS just can do whatever they want. Now, you'd th- you think to yourself, well, why does this guy care about the FBI? I mean, what's the big deal? For those of you who don't know, Free Talk Live has been raided twice. The first time, there were never any charges that were brought. And um, I recently got a piece of paper that says that they're going to return all the pieces of equipment that they stole, and I guess in hopes of taking us off the air. I'm not entirely sure what their goal was. Um, but you can decide. It happened right after the Mall here Wildlife uh, Refuge situation and the Bundy Ranch situation, where we, um, I, on the air, called uh, the FBI's conduct uh, highly unprofessional and said that it looked very much like they were trying to assassinate those people. And that's how it would have looked like to me. I stayed up all night watching that event, and it seemed like they were trying to assassinate people. And uh, they're trying to draw them outside so they could shoot them. And then later, um, they decided to come after people, um, you know, some of our co-hosts, for selling Bitcoin without a license. As if you need a license to sell Bitcoin. The funny thing is, is that the conspiracy theory out there would suggest that banks own governments solely for the reason of protecting themselves from competition and that Bitcoin was explicitly created to destroy banks. This is the conspiracy theory. Look, I didn't make it. I'm just beginning to believe it. Because sure enough, when a couple of, uh, you know, just a few little handful of people in Keene, New Hampshire, um, go and, you know, try to get Bitcoin in the hands of people, boy, oh boy, we got to just bring down the entire weight of the federal government. I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars in investigation over the course of five years. Um, they, they, they had cameras on poles looking at us. Um, you know, literally, there's report after report after report. Mark Edge steps outside. That's it. You know, this person steps inside. This person steps outside. That person goes and smokes a cigarette. It wasn't me. I don't smoke. Um, but this is what it was like reading this stuff. And it is, I mean, just highly offensive to me. And then one day, March the 16th of last year, they decide to take a tank and drive it through our, um, one of the doors in uh, the building that contains our studio. They shatter a front window. They fly a drone in. They point uh, guns at naked women. I mean, real heroes. 
protecting America. So I just decided, look, I'm going to do what it takes to keep Free Talk Live on the air. Uh, thank God we were able to get attorneys to get Ian out of jail. They literally wanted to hold him in jail for like as long as they could, a year or two, for a white-collar crime. There's no, they're not proposing a victim here. They're not saying that uh, Ian robbed anybody or did any, anything to uh, defraud any human being. And um, so then I went on a mission to start finding free places. And I have been on this mission for some years. Uh, you and I, Alex, we went to the U.S. Marianas together. And I'm going to talk about that tonight. I want to clear the air because people are to some extent like, well, that Mark, you know, I guess his mission failed. He went to uh, the US Marianas and then, um, you know, COVID and governments and sorry, I guess you got to go back to New Hampshire where everybody's free. So I'm going to take pull out. I'm pulling out the Liberty gun and I'm going to put some bullets in the heads of, uh, of sacred cows tonight. That's my goal. But uh, you can call in, talk about whatever you want. It looks like that uh, another gunman went into another government school and shot some more kids there. Turns out the police didn't do a very good job of protecting them. It's almost as if the government is there to protect itself and not you. I'm not saying that there's not brave men and women that work for law enforcement agencies around America. I know that there are some that will throw themselves bodily in front of a, a bullet in order to protect kids. I know they will. But those people aren't supported by their higher ups. And I know what this is like. I was in a situation. I'm a fireman at one point. I was a fireman at one point. And I was in a situation where I was going towards an accident. That accident, um, the guy had been uh, speeding at high speeds through um, a a 35-mile-an-hour zone. He lost control of his tiny little vehicle, little uh, Geo Metro or something like that. Hit a giant 800-pound rock. Actually, uh lost one of the wheels, not the tires, the wheels on top of a 17 foot umbrella that goes over the top of, uh, uh, gas pumps. And he ended up steaming next to the gas pumps. We couldn't tell if there was fire or anything like that. So, um, when I arrived on scene, I was there before the, uh, the department vehicles and I realized that it, was the, it looked like the vehicle was on fire, but then again, I'm standing on the, uh, the, giant tanks of gasoline. So if something goes up, it just all goes up. So I might as well go over and see if I can help the guy rather than just dying here, standing on the side. Um, and I believe my fire chief had the very best of intentions and I don't know that he was wrong, but as I was, um, rushing towards, you know, walking towards the scene, um, they pull up in the vehicle and he's like, and he has one of those, uh, John F. Kennedy accents. You know, this is the Northeast where I was working. Mark, you get away from now. <laughs> <laughs> And so, well, what I do, I mean, that was my boss and I have no idea what these police officers were told. They were probably told to hold steady and don't go in. And I, I believe some of them did go in to save their kids from the school, <laughs> but, um, you know, nobody was going to do anything in the classrooms. So if you want to call in and talk about the Texas shooter, you're welcome to, I can't say that I know everything about the case. Then again, I'll talk to you about anything that anything else I don't know everything about too. <laughs> Um, and, uh, Alex and I are going to talk to you about, uh, what we have discovered over the course of the last year. And before that, as far as, uh, finding places that are free, Alex, do you want to tell people who you are and what, um, brought you to the air today? Sure. 
So like Mark, I've been looking for some place where I can build something of significance and be unmolested in said venture. Uh, my interest was in creating a crypto community, a circular economy type situation. And given the regulations in the crypto industry and the cultural effects of high bureaucracy places, I began searching for some place that would be more free and open to such an ecosystem. And after looking all across the U.S., it seemed like the Northern Mariana Islands, now, Saipan. This was November of 2019. I think it was on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. You came on Free Talk Live, and you started talking about Crypto Frontier, which I think is a website still up at crypt- yeah, CryptoFrontier.org. Exactly. Yeah. And I got so excited about the idea of the U.S. Marianas um, because of a variety of reasons that I accompanied you there. Um, yeah, I think you, you were there in January 2020. Yeah, you were there two weeks or so, a few weeks before me. Yeah, I arrived in December 2019 and you right. joined a month later. So you were on the air on, in Thanksgiving. You left two or three weeks later. Yep. And then I arrived two or three weeks after that. I did stop off at Hong Kong in Hong Kong to sort of watch the yellow umbrella um, protests and get lend whatever support I could to people for seeking more freedom uh, in their lives. I um, I don't know. It sort of seems like COVID might have drove a stake through the heart of uh, uh, of any hope of liberty that people in Hong Kong have. But I certainly do have those hopes. The number is six zero three. 283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Mark here with you. And Alex. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. I mentioned the Texas shooter earlier, and uh, Alex and I are going to tell you about some ventures we've had. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com before we get on here. Bitcoin.com has been a longtime sponsor of free talk live and uh we we love them over there they do great work if you are just getting into cryptocurrency you need to go to learn.bitcoin.com just go to bitcoin.com they've got it right there at the top you can learn you can buy you can trade um, there's the Bitcoin.com app, the market data, the merchant maps, the casinos, the news, the company, the, you know, whatever it is you need to, to have. They've got it there at Bitcoin.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things cryptocurrency. And it's a safe site that you can trust if you're just getting into Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin.com. They make it easy to buy, to sell, whatever you want to do with your Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin.com. And they've got, uh, it looks like you're pr- we're promoting uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Ethereum as uh, sort of the big three, the triumvirate of crypto here at the top right now. And it looks like uh, the Verse token sale is going on. Are you familiar with the Verse, Alex? Uh, a little bit. It's, uh, You've heard the name? Yeah, new fundraising token they launched. Ooh. Very interesting stuff. So, Bitcoin.com. 
We were telling the story about how in on Thanksgiving 2019, this is just prior to COVID hitting, uh, you came on the show and we were talking about uh, Crypto Frontier, which is a project you wanted to move to the U.S. Marianas and begin to attract liberty-loving individuals there to create a new, freer place that would put cryptocurrency uh, foremost and hopefully see the benefits of that. Now, I'm going to ask some questions here, and I, I generally know what the answers are, but, <laughs> um, you know, why cryptocurrency? Why would you choose uh, cryptocurrency as your the number one thing? Well, money makes the world go around, right? And without free money, how can one be free, decide what they want to do? And I think in the world of central bank digital currencies and social credit scores that we're heading towards, there's really nothing more important than the ability to be in control of your money, where you spend it, how you receive it. So I knew that money was an important part of everyday life and that crypto is the next evolution in money. So I looked for the best place in the country to build a cluster where the crypto movement and industry could successfully flourish. And now, um, that's where the, that's what I believe is the pivot point. The, 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 the weak point or the strong point is, is that you were looking inside the country, inside the United States. Can you tell me why you chose to be inside the United States rather than out of it? Yeah, well, the United States is the biggest economy, and it has the most people interested in cryptocurrency, new technology, and innovation. So it seems one should at least try in the United States. There's 330 million people that can move to Saipan with just their driver's license, no passport even required. They do want you to have a passport, but uh, you can get there with just a driver's license, right? Yeah, you might need a birth certificate as well or some other thing to confirm your citizenship But you're status. a U.S. citizen, and, but, US, and so are the people who are born in Saipan, yes. the U.S. Mariana Islands, the Northern Mariana Islands, the U.S. Mariana. So we're going to refer to it as a variety of things. Basically, there's Saipan, which is one island, and then there's a couple of other islands. Tinian, which is where the Enola Gay took off to drop uh, bombs on Japan in 1945. And Rhoda, which is a much smaller sort of uh, rural island. And then there's a very, very um, small one called Pagan, which I believe they evacuated people off again recently for another, for the same active volcano situation. Yeah, there's about 13 islands total, but uh, only... Four or five are inhabited, and two of the five have less than five households on them actively. Two of the five do. That's a, yeah. I, I did not know that. That's uh, one more than I knew. <laughs> yeah. uh, I haven't been out to those uh, outlying islands because getting there is kind of difficult. Um, if you're on Saipan, you're going to have to pay hundreds of dollars to a boat cap- captain to take you to one of these other islands. Try thousands. Yeah, it could be thousands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the closest one you can probably get to with hundreds. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, um, apparently they go there and they hunt things. Uh, uh, Everybody left Pagan uh, decades ago for a couple decades ago for uh, because of a, a volcano. And they've so they've got wild running pigs and cows and all kinds of things over there. So um, they've gone a little feral and 
Yeah, well, the governor recently introduced uh, deer on the island for oh. hunting, uh, the, violating some of the uh, nature laws and yeah. conservation laws. He just got some deer, took them on a, a police boat, and put them <laughs> on the island. And that's well, the kind of thing that kind of attracted me to Saipan is the very live and let devil live. May care yeah, <laughs> attitude towards if no one's hurt is there really a problem it's kind of the mentality yeah you, know, you can argue sometimes it might seem like no one's hurt but they actually are but the general philosophy exists there and that seems to be lacking very much in the mainland u.s where everyone's trying to look for some reason to sue you or create I'd, bureaucracy i'd call the deer problems. a reintroduction has he reintroduced deer to the island of Pocket? <laughs> uh, from who? The Spanish? Uh, Five hundred years earlier? I, I don't know. know they bring deer. deer. Yeah, where were their deer? The How did the deer get there in the first place? The That's a good question. Brought them over. It's my understanding. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they're all over Rota. Yeah. But um, just because they're not indigenous doesn't mean they can't be reintroduced. You could rid your island of, uh, you know, voracious rats, and then bring new ones in if that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> anyway. Um, we were, we both, uh, by, was it January of 2020, were on the island of Saipan, and we did tour, tour around a little bit, but this was basically the project, was to introduce cryptocurrency there. We met with the Senate, um, you know, a subcommittee of the Senate, which was, the Senate's not that big, so the subcommittee was basically a third of the Senate. And we had uh, we had met with uh, representatives at different times. We being you know, the activist group, and there was quite a few there. How many movers do you think you had in total? I would say a total of a dozen to twenty, depending on how you count movers. Right? How long do they have to stay? Do the families count? Do the kids count? So it depends on how you count it. But twenty movers. The Free State Project has had five thousand. Well, it's per capita, right? The number of voters in the CNMI is 18,500. There's 18,500 voters in the CNMI. So obviously, one person moving is significantly more powerful. You're practically a voting block as you move. Yes. Yeah. So that does, uh, that does change things as far as per capita goes. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about. Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Free Talk Live. Come on. That's right. Come on and call. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603. That's the New Hampshire area code, in case you need to know. 283-6160. Honestly, you should put that in your phone um, and just get it there and ready so that whenever you do feel like calling, um, you can just have it ready to call. The uh, we're, we're talking about whatever you want to talk about tonight. 
It's open lines, and we can discuss the Texas shooter situation or whatever is on your mind. But I have been chomping at the bit to get back on Free Talk Live and talk about my favorite thing to talk about, which is how can you find more freedom in your lifetime? I recently read, um, recently started probably a year ago, and uh, I've been reading over and over Harry Brown's How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. And this book has gotten a little dated. Not everything about it is as uh, up-to-date as it was, but what the fundamental truth is is that you can have the level of freedom you want to have, that you opt in and opt out of systems that in all systems take your your peace of mind they take your time i don't care if you're joining the local um you know model train club or you're um you know going to your state capital testifying to get rid of some law or enact some law or do whatever you're trying to do these systems take your time and you got to you got a limited amount on the planet earth you need to give the systems that you think are worth uh, your time your time now, um, for me, I'm interested in solving a particular problem. And that problem is where can you move to find more freedom? Cause I've come to the conclusion that if you have picked one of the 50 States of the United States, you're wasting your time. If you're looking for Liberty. Now, look, the United States is super great for a lot of things. If you want to move to, you know, it, well, it, you're, you're probably in the United States if you're listening to me. So moving isn't necessary to find more freedom. But the United States is a great place to make money. So make money. Be happy. Take care of your family. Do the things that you do there to make you happy. But being involved, in my opinion, being involved in libertarian politics inside the United States is a treadmill for people who want that kind of treadmill. And you need to know that's what you're looking for. If you're trying to solve a problem with libertarian policies in the United States, you're probably not going to do it. Or if you do do it, there'll still be so many other problems that effectively you won't have achieved much of anything. So I picked up and I moved. After picking up and moving to the Free State Project for for Liberty, and mostly I was picking up and moving and following Free Talk Live and my business partner, Ian Freeman. Um, but picking up and moving in 2006, I picked up and moved again in 2019. So no one can claim I didn't give the Free State Project my time and my all. I was elected uh, three times to delegate to the state convention for the Republican Party. Um, I went and I voted on the state platform. You know, I did all kinds of things. I've testified in front of uh, local and state uh, committees and trying to get this thing or that thing through or stopped or whatever the case may be. And what I realized was that you can have... Like you should find the place that has the most freedom today that you're looking for. Now, this is one of the reasons I picked up and I moved to Saipan in 2019. Now, not that I'm looking for it, but prostitution's basically ignored, just like it is in Nevada. Nevada has it legal in some places, and frankly, the cops can't chase the hookers around those casinos enough. I mean, it may be illegal in the counties where there is gambling, but try and stop them. Um. There's weeds legal in Saipan. Now, I don't smoke marijuana, but I like the idea that people aren't thrown in jail for it. 
I don't want to pay for the incarceration of Americans for possessing weed. Um, what are some of the other things? Casinos? The casinos are legal. Lowest See? taxes in America. Right. No sales tax. No property no tax. No property tax. Lower income tax than any of the states. It's basically the same income tax structure as uh, the rest of the United States, but it's uh, like an, up to an 80% discount. I mean, there's a 100% discount, too, if you get low enough. But, you know, you can more or less guess that the average middle class person is going to pay 80%, 80% less. So there's yeah. 20% as you'll pay 20% of the tax. Except for capital gains. <laughs> Watch out. Mm-hmm. And um, we were there for a couple of months. And we worked very hard to try to get the well, government. You were there for a couple of months. Let's, I was there for a couple of months, yes. We, you I was and I. there for a couple of years. You were there for a couple of years, yeah. And we'll always be there in spirit. Yep. I'm still a resident of the U.S. Mar- Marianas, thanks to the IRS laws. Um, but the uh, what happened was COVID occurred. And this was in the Pacific, and many of the countries in the Pacific, many of these small countries were shutting their borders. They weren't letting anyone in and anyone out. So the governor kind of took a cue from all this and said, hey, we're going to stop tourism right now and we'll pick it up later when this is over. Now, I, that seems like a terrible idea if you're in a tourist uh, business, but hey, you know, we're just stopping the planes. So I got out on the third, my, my, um, you know, my family and I got out on the third to last plane to leave the island for months and weeks. It was just weeks. How yeah. many? I think it was most of April. Oh, really? I thought it was a lot more than that. Um, but then they had uh, trop- five-star tropical paradise jail if you decided to return. Is that right? Yeah. They had a quarantine for everyone coming in. And then there was a time when you could you could not do quarantine if you'd gotten your vaccination shot. Yeah, it was first everyone quarantined. Then there was a self-quarantine period where you could quarantine at home. And then uh, due to the compliance issues in Saipan where people were quarantining at the bar and the, the club <laughs> and everywhere else, they're like, okay, the self-quarantine might not work too well here. Yeah. So then it was mandatory quarantine for everyone. Even the vaccinated, because uh, they realized the vaccine wasn't that effective quite early on. Yes. And But then there was some backlash, or then it was only unvaccinated had to quarantine, and then finally no one had to quarantine. So it's... At this point, one doesn't have to quarantine. But, um, yeah, so more or less I left and I decided I didn't want to go sit in a quarantine for X amount of days or weeks. And I couldn't get a straight answer out of the Saipan office, the mayor's office and on what I had to do and what I couldn't do. So I just waited it out. And as long as you're still under a state of emergency, a FEMA declared state of emergency, the IRS considers you to be physically in your um, home state. So um, obviously you have to look this up for yourself if you're trying to, you know, play this little game, but it happened to work out for me. So at this time, I believe we're still under a state of emergency in Saipan for COVID and therefore I am still physically there. And I got shook on Crypto Frontier. I really felt like, you know, the governor's ability to shut down airlines for weeks is disturbing 
And essentially, commerce was shut down uh, for a long time. Now, admittedly, I was spoiled. I was in Florida. I realized that places like California and New York, that the country was shut down pretty thoroughly during this time frame. But I didn't feel that shut down. I was... uh, you know, I was in as free a place as you could be. I think Florida was ranked the number five freest state behind places like Arkansas and South Dakota, which I would have liked Florida to be as free as Arkansas and South Dakota, but I would not have liked to have necessarily been stuck in Arkansas and South Dakota. Um, I know what the winters are like in New Hampshire. I can only imagine what they're like in South Dakota. Yeah. I would push back a little bit. The governor did not ban flights. That only the FAA has the authority to do that. He just suggested that people don't leave. Likewise, on some indicators, I banned it pretty well, such as having no mask mandate. Perhaps the only place. But compliance was very high, even without a mandate. Not that that matters. I mean, it's people making choices that they're um, choosing to make. But um, there was also, uh, I mean, United did shut flights down. Yes. Yeah, so wasn't so cool free talk live it's free talk live the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 it's longtime host of free talk live mark edge and Alex. And we are hosting the show here from the beautiful island of Utila in Honduras. Ooh. Yeah. And we're going to tell you more about that here in a little while. It's um, an asshole country. <laughs> it's, there's, there's, according to uh, one uh, S-head, yes, that's, that's the case. It's an asshole country. You know, I don't disagree with the notion that some countries are better than others. All you have to do is travel to some, and then you can come up with your determination as to which ones are assholes and which ones aren't. Um, I'm kind of a chauvinist for the United States. I like it. I know what it's like to grow up there. I know what I'm going to get. America. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not exactly not that, but... I think that there are many things that America used to be that it isn't anymore, and that you can find some of those things elsewhere. Yeah, I think America, the idea, is what we love more than America, the place. The right. place has become a giant co-working space or shopping mall, and it's spreading all around the world where pretty much every city is the same. You go from chain store to chain restaurant to chain job, and you're just chained there, stuck entrapped and yep. the freedom that we once had is now gone because if you say the wrong thing or even think the wrong thing now you might get canceled you're exactly right this is how i feel about it in so many ways i mean america just seems insane and it was covid in large part that made me feel that way now you and i were talking about just uh, before we um you know whose state was better yeah well uh, we were talking about what it was like in Saipan or the U.S. Marianas or whatever you want to call it over there. Um, it's uh, north of Guam, and it's U.S. territory, and it's got uh, 18,500 voters. And we were over there, and the you said the governor didn't shut down the planes when COVID yeah. happened, but effectively he did. He basically pressured the uh, you know airline United to stop flights for a little while while they got everything under control. Yeah. And then basically the tourists were stopped for a year and a half. 
Yes, that's definitely the case. And it was pretty good for us who were living there because we had unspoiled beaches and nature. And not that there was ever much traffic, but the five-minute traffic turned into five-second traffic. Right. And it was just, we had our own paradise to ourselves. So that was wonderful. All the hotels had sales all the time as they try to stay afloat. And right. Just, just a grand old time. Come swim in our pool. Do something. I mean, you know, like keep our staff employed. It'll, and you know, just come out. Ocean view villas were, were cheap. Yep. And one of the things I said about the U.S. Marianas while I was there, and I'm going to stand by it, is I said the liberty was palpable. The freedom there was palpable. You could sort of feel it in the air. And it truly was, in many ways, the freest place in the United States. It is the freest place in the United States. It's the kind of place where you can rent a car with no driver's license or insurance or even speaking the language. You just do a handshake and, you know, that's it. But everybody speaks English there and they use the dollar. Uh, Almost everyone speaks English. That's true. You could have, uh, you know. You go to Chinatown or... The the whole island of Chinatown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A third of the population is Chinese. Um, Another third is Filipino. And the last third is, you know, voters, Americans. uh, So they're Chamorros or Carolinians. And then literally white guys are like 1% of the population. Yeah, it's very small and I'm, minority. I, you know what? I shouldn't even say white guys. I should say, I don't even know what term to use. Uh, mainlanders. Mainlanders? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of mainland uh, people from China are from the mainland. But uh, yeah, there's not a good terminology for what uh, they are because, you know, here I am calling you a white guy. Um, I'm including you in the white guy numbers. But, you know, the black guy numbers? I mean, what was it? You and Vin? Yeah, very few. Probably yeah. uh, five or six. Longtime host hoster uh, of uh, Free Talk Live, Ven Armani, uh, moved, and after a conversation with me, you know, he wanted to know what it was like there, and I told him, and I think that it was my conversation that was pivotal in him getting excited and wanting to test it out. Some of the ba- downsides of this as a freedom destination, I want to give them to people, is is it is remote. Um, getting there costs these days probably fifteen hundred dollars. I think more. I think it's about 2000 now. Before it used to be 1500 You could even round trip for 1500 but now I yeah. bet it's over 2000 with the whole Ukraine situation. Right. Um, uh, the So getting there is not easy to do. And um, what would you say some of the other obstacles to Saipan being the uh, uh, destination um, for... Uh, somebody who's seeking more liberty. Uh, You'll miss some of your creature comforts. You can't get gigabit internet in Saipan. You can get fast enough for HD Netflix, but you're going to have a hard time gaming with North American peers because the latency will be a little high. No gigabit internet generally. Your Amazon orders will take 10 days to arrive. Yeah, delivery is tough. Some things with lithium-ion batteries won't come, so you have to find an eBay seller who just ignores USPS's rules. Mm -hmm. And things generally move more slowly there. I'm seeing one flight um, in the near future to Saipan and back New York City at... uh, two thousand dollars and then everything above that appears to be uh even more so it uh yeah round trip flights are expensive right now now it was much cheaper 
before COVID, and one would presume that at some point is going to get cheaper still, but it's not short no matter what. There isn't a nonstop flight from the mainland United States to Saipan or even Guam. Yeah. You got to hop on United from... Pre-COVID, you could fly to Seoul or Hong Kong direct because those are airport number two and three in the world. And then you could go from there to Saipan. So it was just a one-stop layover. But COVID kind of gutted the tourism market. So Hong Kong flights... I think the airline Hong Kong Express is just shut down. Yeah, just shut down. It actually, uh, Ian had uh, flights to come out, and they just took his money. (laughs) You know, like they're gone. Um, You know, that's that. When you take a discount airline in that circumstance, you do, to some extent, take a risk, and there it was. Um, You know, it wasn't a whole, whole bunch of money, but, oh, by the way, those $2,000 flights turned out to be $5,000 flights. Um, Right, so, you know, it's... uh, it's expensive to get there, and um, basically, if you're going to go, you're probably going to want to be staying for a little while. And um, as far as getting electronics and things like that, a little more difficult, not terrible. I ran a radio show from there, and it was all right. Um, I can, you can get everything you need. You just might not get it in two days like yeah. you could in the mainland. Yeah. So anyway, um, it was... Uh, I think that it was worth, I'm absolutely happy to have gone there and I'm happy to have learned what I learned, but um, ultimately it wasn't, um, I didn't think it was the destination and I have something specific going on. Um, I have, I'm managing a fund that has to do with um, cryptocurrencies and long-term capital gains is important to my client. And, um, this wasn't a great place for long-term capital gains. It didn't really fit that particular thing. So the IRS, although you aren't under the thumb of the IRS when you're in the U.S. Marianas, you're still under the IRS code, and if they need help to parse out your tax form, they will call in IRS auditors. And also, um, and the only way to really get out of from underneath the IRS is to give up your citizenship. Um, You can get out of a lot of their rules by moving to a territory like the U.S. Marianas or Puerto Rico. And by the way, Puerto Rico has a really cool program you might consider. Um, But ultimately, it's, um, you know, know, there's still you still have to deal with the IRS. You still have to deal with the United States federal government. If the Federal Bureau of Investigations wanted to figure out where Free Talk Live was on the island of Saipan and kick our door in again, they could do that. And for me... I just didn't like that particular aspect of it. I just couldn't live with the, uh, the idea that they would be able to do that. So I was looking outside the United States in a certain swath of time zones. You know, I, was, I wanted to be able to uh, do Free Talk Live at a reasonable time. You know, started um, as late as uh, 7 o'clock and end it um, by 10 is what I wanted to do. And then eh, I could do it early in the morning. You and I did Free Talk Live as early as 9 a.m., in Saipan, which is kind of early for me at one point in my life. Um, you know, now I'm getting up at five, but nonetheless. Anyway, give us a call. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're talking about where are the freest places on earth and some of the things that we've discovered over time. It's uh, Mark with you. And Alex. Here on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's the second hour of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Alex. That's right. We are live here on Free Talk Live. Give us a call. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And I have to, apparently, Ian told me that I missed a caller. Um, you know, I'm doing this on a laptop, so every screen that I've got pulled up, I can only have one at a time. And I forgot to pull up the caller screen in the last segment, and I lost him. Is this amateur hour? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm a professional. I'm just not very good. <laughs> uh, to, in my own defense, I was the color guy for almost 20 years on Free Talk Live, so what are you going to do? Um, it, anyway... I guess it has been 20 years. It'll be 20 years in November that Free Talk Live has been on the air. It's really hard to believe. It's longer than most marriages. Well, I, I do blame my relationship with Ian for the uh, gray hair that I have. Um, you know, I mean, good Lord, who can deal with uh, all the crap that Ian has uh, made a man deal with? Anyway, um, the number, 603-283-6160. What, he, uh, what Alex and I have been talking about here on air this evening is sort of our adventures trying to find more freedom in the world. And um, we went, you know, I went to the Free State Project in 2006. We both picked up stakes in 2019 and moved to uh, the U.S. Marianas. I didn't arrive until 2020, but I mean, I was certainly making my plans at that point. And you arrived late 2019. And then um, for me, I left the U.S. Marianas in 2020 because of COVID. I didn't want to get stuck on the island for an indeterminate period of time. And you stuck it out. And um, ultimately, you've decided to abandon the U.S. Marianas, too. Do you want to say why that is? I wouldn't say I've decided to abandon it. Okay. It's still my place of residence. It's my residence, too. Yep. I would say I decided to spend some time outside the U.S. And a lot of that had to do with the overbearing federal government. You so still felt, felt it even there in the uh, Pacific yeah, I'm not sure if it's just the generation I'm raised in to be a, you know, more adherent bootlicker or what the deal was exactly, but it seemed there was a ton of regulations, especially in the money service business arena, that made it very difficult to do even simple things. 
Uh, we had a system that allowed you to pay your electricity bills using crypto. And after we built it, we realized this could potentially be classified as a money service business. We even had an MSB license, but did we want to go through all of the work of an MSB transaction every time someone wanted to pay 20 bucks to their electric bill? Right. Was it worth it? We'd have to like do all this compliance and... So ultimately, we just felt like it's probably not worth it from an RI perspective on the business side. And after many incidents like those, potential regulations in crypto, it just seemed like we're spending more of our time worrying about federal regulation than we are building things. And so I wanted to see how it would be like overseas, what the environment was on that front. And I found that it's uh, a lot less overbearing, a lot fewer regulations to stress about. One of the things that I felt when I first moved to Saipan, the U.S. Marianas, was I felt a little freer just because I didn't have to worry about U.S. politics. You know, no shooter is going to go into a public school in Saipan and light the place up because they're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? Um, they're, it's just not going to happen there. It's a gentle little island it's it. I mean, the peace signs are everywhere. I took, I was uh, spent my time just looking for the word peace that was on, uh, you know, signs, signage, and things like that. They have a giant sign that says peace. It may may not be there now, but I mean, um, it was at the time two years ago. There was a giant sign like the Hollywood sign, huge letters, peace. They could have spelled out anything, and they chose to spell out peace. And it's really just all over the island. And for me, I saw the commitment to peace on the island. I really like it for that. Um, even the police there are peace officers, right? Mm -hmm. Many libertarian types have uh, pretty negative views towards the police, and you could argue based on many incidents that have happened, it's justly so, but uh, you can't really bring that to Saipan after you see the police help change your tire in the rain. Yeah. Right, when you're friend's wife's car breaks down it's pouring rain and the police just help her to change a tire because she has two kids in the back and has her hands full and like do, where do you find that yeah. after accidents they bring out dust pans and sweep up all the debris and it's just you know they're actually care about the people they don't want to give you a ticket I've driven with... It's hard to get a ticket <laughs> uh, back tail light front tail light out and no registration in a handshake rental car, and they didn't give me a ticket. Yeah. Where I probably would have got impounded if I were in the mainland. Right. And uh, then, then you have the added part that uh, you have the, you know, the, the plus of driving while black in some communities, and Lord knows what that would have been necessarily like. There, no problem at all. <laughs> yeah. They understand the rental car places don't renew the registration timely. Yeah. So they're like, you know, it happens. Uh, just go straight home and get that fixed. So um, I went to Florida for COVID and hung out there. I did travel, um, f uh, you know, around the globe and back. Three, uh, so what did I say? Two thirds, two thirds of the way around the globe and back. So from Saipan to Africa and you know back to Florida, um, all in that, all in 2020. But to me, Florida was one of the freest places to be. Um, and then, you know, the world began opening up in 2021, done some more traveling since then. But 
during that 2020, I was really sort of collecting myself. I was trying to figure out, well, where's the freest place? Where am I going to check out next? And then um, this place, Prospera, you can find out their website at prospera.hn, begins to come on the scene. Prospera, um, it, they'd been around before, but it looked like they were really doing something. I wasn't so sure at first. And Prospera is this, uh, what they call a ZA. Um, that's a educational and economic development zone in Honduras. And when ZA, when the ZA law was passed, this was the freest place on the planet. Now, Prospera was the first ZA. They're currently, to the best of our knowledge, in Honduras, here in Honduras. I'm broadcasting from Honduras right now. Uh, three ZAs. Now, ZAs have uh, kind of taken a blow recently. Um, you know, the uh, the new president doesn't like them much at all. The Congress voted to undo the ZA laws. However, they need to vote that way again. And um, I'm not entirely sure how the ZA votes work, and it doesn't really matter to our audience. But let's just say that ZA, all, those, all the places that were ZAs before are still ZAs. It's just that you can't make a new one. And apparently you can't join one either, although that shouldn't be the case. So... Um, I was curious, like, what's going on with ZAs? How is this going to work? Now, to my knowledge, you uh, can't live inside of Prospera proper currently. But um, so there is another ZA. because of a lack of residential housing. That's it's correct. not a legal rule or anything. Yeah. It's not a legal rule, um, but... You know, there is another ZA that has uh, housing in it, but it seems like they're having a lot more time, a lot harder time proving that they're a ZA. That's uh, Morazan.city. Morazan.city. You'd have to look that Ciudad up. Ciudad Morazan. Ciudad City. That's No, Ciudad Morazan is their name. Yeah. And their website is Morazan.city. And, um, and then there's one more. And, you know, ZAs have gotten some bad press here. It's really easy to convince some people that something's being stolen from them. Our sovereignty is being taken. Ladies and gentlemen, you never had your sovereignty. Now, I don't care if you're in Honduras or you're in Wyoming or you're in New Hampshire or you're in Florida. You don't have your sovereignty. And it's a joke to suggest you do. The only people who are going to tell you have your sovereignty are people who are trying to sell you something. That's it. You're not, you don't have your sovereignty. You traded it to live where you live. You want to, you want sovereignty. You need to buy a big old chunk of land someplace and uh, you know live on it. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Your call's coming up here. If you hold on, six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty here on Free Talk Live. Talk live, call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That includes the shooting in Texas. That seems to be what people want to talk about here. And, um, you know, you're welcome to call in and do that. People have been talking about it all day on the radio in the United States. And I can't say that, uh, I, I mean, you know, what can I add? Should we ban guns? No. But Mark. That's right. <laughs> Um, all the proposals that you're going to hear to ban guns will have do nothing to have stopped this particular shooter. 
who shot his grandma in the face. When you outlaw guns, only outlaws have guns. And this guy shot his grandma in the face. He's pretty dedicated to being an outlaw. So he didn't give a damn about your gun laws. He was. This is a country where we have at least two guns for every pe- person. So if you think you're going to outlaw guns, good luck. There you go. That's my stance. Case closed. It's Texas. You know, if you're a liberal and you think we should outlaw guns, look, Texas got what it deserved then. Move of course it happens. To, they, they don't have school. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. School shootings happen all the time there. It doesn't seem to matter where it is. Maybe get your kids out of public school. Because what it looked like is, is that the cops went in and got their kids out. At least that's, those are the accusations I'm seeing. Yeah. Is that some police officers went in and got their own children out while other parents are standing there. Get our kids, get our kids. Well, you know, what do you expect them to do? What would you do? Well, the Supreme Court ruled there's no duty to defend citizens. It's true. They've, so, they've not just ruled it, but they've ruled it over and over again. Your government of the people, by the people and for the people. And I'm, I'm using air quotes when I do that has no obligation to protect you. There you go. That's it. Not that they have some obligation, but they have no obligation to protect you. Anytime they fail to protect you, they have lived up to the standard that the Supreme Court has set for them. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did you want entitlements, Mark? You're entitled to it. This is your damn government. This is the one you've put up with for your whole life. That's what I'm telling you, Americans. This is how your government works. This is it. It doesn't get better than this. There is no better than this. There is no functioning more efficiently. This is a human institution that has plenty of time to mature. This is what it looks like. Let's go to Sarah calling in from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. Um, Yes, the church I have been going to on Sundays the Legacy Church on what, um, Central. Yeah, what de- what denomination is it? Well, it's supposed to be non um, just all non denominational. Doesn't yep. have any. Yeah. So, but what's really interesting is that the pastor talked about they have an underground bomb shelter that was put in when they built the church. I, I don't know how it is, but it was. I mean, he actually talked about it during the service. So it's a it, it seems like in Albuquerque, shelter. a bomb shelter is, you're not too far from Los Alamos there. It seems like a bomb shelter isn't the worst idea in the world. Well, yeah, but um, I think, well, yeah, but I mean, at least the pastor have enough, you know, he thought about it enough before he built that ch- church. I mean, I, I don't know how many people that he could hold, but he thought the welfare of the people enough to build a um bomb shelter and and i think that he might be jewish i think his name is slishman okay. um Sounds yeah, like a jewish so, name. Uh, yeah i yeah so i think so so but and then it's a huge dome um dome church I don't, it's called the uh, geothermic is that is that uh, what they call it it's supposed well, to be more economical Right, so a geodesic is um, a type of dome house, and it's usually put together with pieces 
Oftentimes they can have leaking issues because the pieces are odd sized and things like that. But um, the idea is, is that a sphere is uh, nature's most economical uh, uh, shape. That's why a soap bubble isn't going to make odd shapes. It's going to be spherical, um, you know, because of the same amount of resistance all over and that kind of thing. And the, the idea is, is that somehow you're not, you know, heating the upper right hand corner of a room you know, um, or something like right. that. So, yeah, I mean, I am, I, I think the domes are good in hurricane zones. I don't suspect you're getting many of oh, them there really? in Albuquerque. Yeah. Um, the, the, especially the, what they call monolithic pour. So they'll take a, uh, they'll, they'll create sort of a bubble tent thing and then pour concrete over it and reinforce it with rebar and uh, that kind of thing. And then they make uh, a very efficient shape. Yeah, so I think they made the um, geo um, dome for the yep. ec- for economic purposes, and I really do not know exactly where the bomb shelters are. And then I I do not know I don't have have a map of how many people they can hold. But he did say that he will welcome people that want to come and you know stay there for um, um, if they needed a, a shelter during a nuclear holocaust. So you know that it's good and. I think we need to demand more of this from the government because obviously we see in Ukraine their subway tra- uh, stations were how many feet like um like way down deep they were, they have been already prepared uh, they've been they just been they just went down there to avoid the bombs and that's that's the way they built it so subways you know so I mean I mean how many feet government avoid war. Wouldn't that be a better solution? No, no, no. Nuclear. We need to ask them to build nuclear bombs. And I was told that this is what they do in Russia. They have already have nuclear bomb shelters for everybody, not for the people that are billionaires and their little cliques. That's, that's who's um, going to get sheltered. You know, they got secret um, bomb shelters, but it's only for the people that are, you know, um, tied in with the you know, the government and all the billionaire people and everybody well, Sarah, else. I'm not surprised that um, power and money have colluded to protect themselves once again. I mean, right. it was all you have to do is look at 11,000 years of civilization since the agrarian revolution. And you can see that that's what happens, right? Um, power and money are linked and that's what they do. I would say that if bomb shelters are high on your list of things that you want, that the best way to achieve having bomb shelters is to move to a place that has bomb shelters. Um, you know, just find a place that has it and get what you want to have in life. Cause I'm sick and tired of asking the government to do the right thing. I'm 51 years old and they've failed to do the right thing again and again and again throughout my life. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go and I'm going to get the things that I want, whatever those things might be. And I'm going to try to have them all, you know, find one area that has the things that I want. And then I'll be happy because I'm not sitting around trying to get government to do it. Yeah, let's, let's take an example of this legacy church and Mr. Slishman, Pastor Slishman. He, before the beginning of the building, he has built in bomb shelters for his uh, community. And let's take an example that this needs to happen with everybody. And, you know, look at, look at the bomb. I mean, look at the subways. How, how, how far deep are they? It's enough so they're sheltered from the bombs. 
Well, have anything it. that shows you're directly um, shaded from the uh, nuclear strike. Uh, first, I like your idea, Alex. Let's just try to get our governments not to fight wars. I think that that's uh, the most simple thing. Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio. Conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture since the 1970s with more than 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the creative journey that continues to bring Lake Wobegon to life. When I finished writing Boomtown, then I came into a recording studio to record the audiobook. Now there is an interesting sensation, sitting in a studio, reading your own work, <laughs> and, and thinking to yourself, not just once, but over and over and over, you know, you really could have done more with this book. You really could have elaborated on this story here. It's a, it's a phenomenon. Charles Dickens never sat down to record an audio version of David Copperfield. And if he had, he would have felt exactly the same way. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, has just been released and is now available wherever books are sold. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Alex. The number, 603-283-6160. Uh, That's 603-283-6160. And we're taking your calls about anything you want. Uh, we've been talking tonight about basically the shooting that occurred in Texas and the you know how you find freedom in an unfree world Mick, can you tell me do you know because i'm trying to tell you the best i know but i don't know for sure i do know however a product that i was introduced to relatively recently may very well help spread freedom just a little bit and do it in a highly delicious fashion it's called true smacks have you almost given up trying to wake up your friends and family well, we've got something that might just help. Truth Smacks. Our friend Suzanne, former English teacher and longtime truth seeker, recently started her own trail mix brand, making it, bagging it, sealing it herself in a commercial kitchen down in Naples, Florida. She calls it Truth Smacks because there's a heavy dose of truth on the, bag of, on the back of every bag. So the truth quotes variety has some famous or infamous quotes on the back. And then the freedom variety has uh, famous quotes about all uh, about freedom and government tyranny. Both varieties come in two sizes, one in original flavor, excuse me, in original flavor or in peppermint infused. So only available at truthsmacks.com slash shop. It's truthsmacks.com slash shop. Great way to smack your friends and family with a little truth in a loving way. Made with raw, unadulterated ingredients, no artificial crap, only food as nature intended. It's truthsmacks.com, spreading truth one delicious morsel at a time truthsmacks.com slash shop and i have had them and that peppermint variety is really special there's i mean you know there's nothing quite like it 
You ought to give it a try just for that. I'm very, very, very impressed. It's truthsmacks.com. So, um, let's see. Let's go to the callers because that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. Who's been on longer? Jack in Washington. You're on the air, sir. Presumed your gender. Just incompetence of the government. Mm -hmm. Like the shooting was, it's mental illness. Like I started off years and years and years ago. I'm 42 now as a, 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 you know, a liberal than a, a gay conservative. And now I'm leaning toward libertarianism. Mm-hmm. The money they spend on both parties, Republican and Democrat on these, you know, I'm going to use the word witch hunt because it's real popular, you know, chasing people down, bringing them to court for this, for that. The government needs to spend more time on mental health. They don't spend any time on this. It's about guns. It's about whatever is politically popular rather than actually helping people. The government sucks is what I'm going to end this with. We need to simplify it down to a volunteer system. It makes sense. It's not wasteful. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you're following me. It's just, it's, no, I got it's it. It's really I mean, getting me angry. They put these groups together. and Anyway, go ahead. I think that one of the real difficulties here is, is that it's, um, you know, government school is a very difficult problem to solve if you're going to try to solve it in the paradigm under which it currently exists, which is, you know, we have to have this place where people can go and learn everybody um, equally and stuff. But you know, ultimately, you've got different uh, different groups, you know, being shoved together. And I don't know. We don't know what the uh, motive of this young man is. Um, you know, he's 18 years old. One presumes that he was that was his school. Um, I, I went to school at 18. Maybe he had just maybe. I mean, 18 years old says to me he's still in school if it's May, you know, and I don't know. What the school, though. Oh, it was in elementary school? Okay. Yeah, um, I presumed like it, yeah, I presumed it was a high school, and I guess that was the uh, the jumping uh, logic. And he'd been like taking pot shots at a uh, funeral home and doing a variety of things. I don't know. I mean, as far as the uh, solution. Illness. Yeah, well, it's clearly mental illness. And, um, you know, should we all have our guns taken away because there are crazy people? And there are crazy people. But, Let me ask you a question, too. You guys are down in Honduras now? Yeah, right now. Okay, I dated a woman from Honduras years and years ago when I was like 16, years okay. and years ago. She I'm was trying to jibe that with the gay poop. Republican thing, but go ahead. No, she was meaner and poop. <laughs> so the women down there nice? Because she was mean. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Jack. That's hilarious. Um, Alex, answer the question. What was the question again? Are the women in Honduras meaner than poop? <laughs> was the question. I found the women in Honduras to be quite feminine, and it was very refreshing coming from uh, the mainland America, especially the younger side of the population where the strong independent women are a little too strong and independent for my liking. I, I have no problem. So, I mean, like... I, I was raised by a strong, independent woman. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, that the more traditional family roles allow a man a place to be and that the current paradigm doesn't really. 
you know, it doesn't give a man an, an, an appropriate role. It says basically to a man, you are, uh, you know, uh, a, a paycheck. You are a, you are a livestock that creates money for this family unit and you have no rights and I'll take them from you anytime you want. We, I want, and that's not an arrangement you're going to find a lot of young men wanting to rush into. As a matter of fact, you're going to find there's a whole generation of young men who've gone out and gotten vasectomies before they've ever had families so that they don't have to end up in these legal scenarios that they read about over and over and over again where, you know, they're 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 paying child support and not getting to see their kids and a whole variety of things. It's um, it's a tough position for to ask of anybody. Let's go to Stephen, who's calling in from uh, Georgia. Stephen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, so I called in wanting to talk about one thing, but you you asked a question about how do we have a more freer society? Is that the gist of it? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Uh, well, actually, I'd like to know where your thoughts of where they are. You know, like um, if, if your solution is let's get everybody to, then your solution probably isn't going to work. But go ahead. <laughs> the solution is two things. Okay. Legitimate understanding and education of other people's lifestyles okay and respect respect would be great that's for sure um you know you don't really even have to understand somebody else's lifestyle in order to uh just give them the respect when it comes to that lifestyle you know let people live the way they want to live so long as they're not causing you harm i say oh and being a productive member of society because i think a lot of these people that that cause a lot of our issues have far too much free time. You can have all the free time <laughs> you want, but some people have too much of it and they need to, they need to go to like free timers anonymous or something. And deal right. With they get, they become community. They have so much free time. They become sort of what, what is it? Uh, community activists. What was the terminology for Barack Obama? Karen. I what was that? Karen. <laughs> right. Karen. Yeah. But anytime no, you're um, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. I'm listening. Yep. Um, anytime you're you're off in somebody else's business, telling them what to do, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, um, you know that's uh, you know, that's the, that's what we're talking about here. Is um, ultimately you just got to let people live and and let live, and without that, you're going to be off in somebody else's business, and nobody likes that. Nobody likes somebody who's off in other people's business. I don't have any. Uh, I, I, Rarely do I think it's a good idea. Now, I will say, as far as being productive, you should be as productive as you want to be. I'm trying to be productive, and I don't need any extra competition. So be out there and be non-productive, and um, don't mess around. But don't mess around in other people's business. So, you know, I mean, we were hanging out at uh, uh, a bar called Neptune's here today, and lots of people that weren't being particularly productive, but they were having a great time. You can check it out. Just all you have to do is go. It's Google Maps. And uh, I think Neptune's been search up on the internet. Interesting place. The number, 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight here on Free Talk Live. And we'll take your calls if you make them at 603-283. Yeah!
Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. (laughs) That's right, 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. And Alex. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. This point, the the phones are clear. And uh, earlier we were talking about just sort of, Alex, your your and my's uh, adventures trying to find free places. And we showed up in Honduras because of a uh, place called Prospera. Yes. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not... I think that there were, I think it's a good idea that there be several uh, zones of freedom and see which one works out and however it works out. And so I have nothing um, negative to say about Prospera. I just, uh, you know, didn't seem like the right place at the right time for me. And I wanted to see a bunch of zones. So, um, you know, they, as far as these, uh, these zones go, I'm hoping that they work out, but we don't know what's going to happen with, um, Honduran freedom zones here in the future. But Alex, do you want to explain what, uh, one of these zones was like these educational development zones? Yes. So it's economic development and employment, not education. Right. That's economic development yeah. and employment. Yes. Okay. But essentially, the idea of Vizetti was to create an autonomous zone similar to other special economic zones, except with a few caveats, one being that they're residential. Right. So when Hong Kong was created decades ago, it was a very special economic zone. But um, now that there are thousands of special economic zones, you could even claim that there are tens of thousands if you really wanted to uh, you know, be generous as to what one is. But... Um, there's certainly thousands of special economic zones globally. They're not as special as they used to be. It's just basically a place, um, you know, you think about enterprise zones where taxation's different, regulations different, um, you know, rules are different. And um, here in Honduras, these zones were intended to be a step beyond that, beyond a special economic zone into a special autonomous zone. Yes, so they're political subdivisions of Honduras. Right. And they have broad levels of political, administrative, legal, and economic autonomy. And that includes uh, financial, labor, civil, and procedural legislation. So basically civil law. Yes. Um, You know, it's a place where you can write your own civil law. You can have your own police. You can have your own judicial system. Imagine how many problems that are caused wherever you are by your government's civil law, its um, its police, and its um, court system. If you can control those things, presumably you're going to get better service out of them, right? Like we were just talking about the police in the shooting down in Texas. And the claim is, is that police were standing out in front of the school, a la Columbine, in the same way that they were standing out there just waiting for orders to go in and orders for them to go in. And, you know, with private police, you could hire them based on responsibility. Imagine for a second that you hired a security company to keep an eye on your house and that your house got burglarized. And that it was in the contract with the security company. Now, I've never hired a security company to watch my house, but um, it was in the contract with the security company 
that if your house got burglarized while they were the um, security company, they had to pay for everything that got taken. I mean, think about that compared to your local police. Nothing wrong with your local police. Many good people work at your local police department, but they're not held responsibly. And when incentives are not aligned, expect perversion. So what police are incentivized to do is go home at night. Not to protect your property because it doesn't affect their job. They're going to be fine. There's going to be a certain amount of burglaries in whatever town you're listening to, um, you know, this broadcast in. And yeah, they just accept that. The security company hopefully doesn't. Yeah, and they can also provide other services. So the police and the Zeddies of Morazon, for example, they're trained to help you with your groceries and give directions and other services that police no longer do very often nowadays. Right. So um, I've spent some time in Morazan, and it seems like a very free and safe place. Now, mind you, it is in a place that isn't um, in a city that isn't so free, isn't so free as and isn't so safe. But inside of its walls, it controls what's going on. Uh, fence, I guess. Is is it wall? Fence? What would you call it? Yeah, I'd call it a 10-foot wall. Okay, yeah, it's a three-meter high. Just 10 feet taller. Yep. <laughs> so um, I think that these are a great idea. And ultimately, um, there's been a lot of uh, positive press about them globally, but there's also been some negative press. And the negative press on these zones is that, um, what's one of them? That the people are losing their sovereignty, right? Yeah, and that they can expropriate land. Well, let's talk about the sovereignty thing. We'll talk about each one of these things. So um, the people losing their sovereignty. What does that mean? What is a democracy but tyranny at a communal level? Two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. That's right. The wolves are pissed that you're taking away their dinner. That's what the, um, the problem is. When they claim that they're, um, they're taking away the sovereignty of the people, well, that's the sovereignty of the people to tell the other people what to do. That's the sovereignty of the min- majority to tell the minority how they're going to live. That's the sovereignty of the majority of people who've just decided working isn't that great for them, and they want to leech off the backs of the people who do work. That is a specious claim, and it sucks. And it should never have been employed, but of course it was employed by the communists. Now, second one is... Land expropriation. This is valid. Um, in the law there is a provision for expropriating land, but it kind of has to be, and I'm going to explain why. There's two ways that some that uh, a given piece of land can become a ZA, or a uh, economic zone. What would you call it? Economic development zone? Yes. Um, in Honduras. One is you decide, I'm going to be, I've got 100 acres, and I'm going to be a zone. And that's kind of what I was looking to do at one point. And um, the other one is, this community has decided to have a vote, and it's 60, 60% or 66%? I'm not sure. One of those two. Of uh, The citizens have voted that that's what they want to do. Well, if that's the case, then 40, 33 to 44% of the um, people who voted, well, they're not going to get what they want, right? And their land needs to be expropriated into the ZA. And I don't know how to solve that. I didn't write the law. Um, but I mean, I kind of see how this 
would be the case. I mean, if, if a community wants to vote and they come to the conclusion that being a Zeti is the best thing for them and they can get 66% of the people to, um, you know, agree to it, well, that sounds pretty good. To me, a bare democracy is not enough. I don't mean bears voting. I mean, uh, a simple majority well, this is not sufficient. Well, this example used to rally up the opposition. No, no. The, the example the, used was little old ladies getting knocks on their door telling them they had to leave in 10 days because the Zeti decided to make their land part of their empire. Right. Which these never happened. It was sort right. of just a false rumor that the press and the opposition party happily ran with. To turn the Zetis into a boogeyman. Yeah, absolute bullcrap. But you expect nothing more than um, you know from the government and their controlled um, you know press. I'm not surprised. Isn't there one more thing that they sort of complained about as far as oh the hiding of uh, political yeah political fugitives, which is just blatantly false because criminal matters are still controlled by the Hantoran government. Right. So someone who was under criminal investigation would not be safe in the Zeti. Yeah. It's, uh, so largely, the complaints about Zetes in Honduras are specious and false. But, um, you know, there really wasn't enough uh, PR ramped up on the side of Zetes to defend them. I guess they just weren't ready for it. And, uh, you know, this is what I've been trying to do up to this point is, is I'm trying to find where to go to um, for the so the next Liberty Project. And we got to learn from the things that we've tried in the past. Many of my uh, friends have asked me, why didn't I do this in Saipan or in New Hampshire? Well, the answer is because this is never possible in the United States. The United States is too wealthy. The states are too wealthy. And you could never do this. It has to be someplace where the country just doesn't have as much money. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. That's right, it is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves with me, Mark. And Alex. And tonight we're doing the show from Utila. It is uh, one of the Bay Islands here in the Caribbean, and it is gorgeous, and it was just a nice, lovely day. Uh, you know, if, if we were part of the Utilan uh, news agency, what would you have reported on today, Alex? There's some people who came in the island on the ferry... There were some uh, lizards running across the street. Fell on their face. <laughs> right. That's certainly a possibility. Had a good time at the beach. Yep. I don't know. I'm hearing a little audio in my headset, so I hope that that doesn't mean that the broadcast is messed up. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, it's a, it's a sleepy island and not much, much goes on. I know that some people played pickleball today. I sure would have liked to have been involved in that. Are you familiar with pickleball? This is a phenomenon that's sweeping uh, America's nursing homes. I heard it's something like tennis. <laughs> it's it's kind of like for old people. It's, it's like tennis for old people. Yeah, it's uh, it's got some tennis aspects, some badminton aspects, some uh, ping pong aspects to it, and it's it's a lot of fun. 
And I think anything that gets people up and active is a good thing. So I'm, I've played it quite a few times and I intend to play more. I've, I've really enjoyed pickleball. So there you go. That's my endorsement for pickleball today. It's a funny name, but, um, call in and tell us what sports you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go on, on finding the freest places in the world. So I would have said bar none, you can stop your, um, look, with um, these Honduran um, uh, economic zones. Yeah, the Zedes, as they call them. These economic zones that they created in Honduras because they allowed you to have your own civil law, your own... um, Police. What's it? Police. Police in your own courts. Right now, I would not advise somebody to pick up and move to one of these things because I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. The The government's in limbo. It's made a lot of promises that it can't keep. And one of those promises is to get rid of Zedes. And the law, this wasn't just, you know, Mark on another uh, crazy adventure, wrong again. This was arguably the most secured special economic zone in the world. It was not only passed as a law, it was a constitutional amendment yep. secured by international treaties yep. with arbitration penalties in excess of a billion dollars. Yeah. And this is for a country with a GDP of 25 billion. Right. So we're talking 5% of GDP or so in potential arbitration damages. So this was... But it's... those, Those would be paid by a government that comes after this one. Yes. It's like asking the Trump administration whether they mind whether the Democrat administration that comes after them has to pay a bill. And I suspect, eh, what do I care? You know, um, it's they, they can do whatever they want. This is one of the problems with uh, governments is they can kind I suspect they will not step over this line. But ultimately, if they do, they don't actually pay the bill because that's kind of one of the tricks of being a Central American um, politician. For all governments, right? How many politicians lose sleep over losing a billion dollars <laughs> versus how many private sector individuals do? A lot of them lose sleep because they'll probably be fired. Yeah. They might lose more than sleep. They might lose their house, their right. wife, their car. Who knows? Right. There's consequences to their actions, indeed. So um, I have been keeping an eye out for other places. I still have some hope, but I do not have a belief um, in Honduras as a location. So what are some of the things that could happen here, uh, Alex? Let's uh, lay it out, because you know better than most. Happen where in the Zeti? Let's let's talk about Honduras first. uh, In the next segment, we'll go on to other places around the world. Uh, In the negative or positive? Give me some direction. (sighs) I guess what I mean... Yeah. Um, As far as Zetis, what what are some of the possibilities of what could occur in the future? It doesn't seem... I would say that it's pretty unlikely that they get rid of Zetis entirely. Yeah, they already have some pretty cool special economic zones in Honduras that give... Long before they had Zetis. Yeah, for over 10, 20 years even, I believe. So they give you... uh, Pretty much all taxes are exempt, but you have to pay out a percentage of dividends to the government. Mm -hmm. I believe it's around 10%. They're primarily used for light manufacturing, such as textiles... Sara Lee and Haynes and other American companies make mm-hmm. a lot of clothing in these zones because they can import the cotton very cheaply. I thought Sara Lee was like a, a, a snack cake company. 
Yeah, it could be mistaken. I know Fruit of Loom has a, yeah, has a factory. I know that. But they Fruit of Loom and Free Talk Live have a long-running relationship because our initials are FTL. Ooh. Yeah. But they wish they had your domain. Yeah, FTL.FM. Yeah. Indeed. Anyways, so yeah, there's a lot of benefits from the tax perspective. They have their own customs agencies often to expedite the process and a fair amount of... That's the Zoles do. Yeah, this is the Zoli zones, the yeah, previous the special zones. economic zones. Yeah. So the idea is that there'll be some kind of Zoli plus zone created as a yeah. compromise where uh, in the ideal situation, the most controversial aspects of Zetis will be removed. They'll be renamed into something, call it Zoli plus for short, and it'll be a good but slightly less good version of the Zetis the worst case scenario is they just say, well, every Zeti should become a Zoli and, you know, be happy we don't do Roll anything in tanks. worse. Yeah. yeah. So that is the worst case scenario is, is that they'll give some kind of disposition to the uh, Zetis. They'll say, you know, suck it up, buttercup. And um, this is how things are going to be. And now what they would have to deal with in that circumstance, let's take the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario there are investors, foreign investors that came in and put money, lots of money, into these ZAs. And they're going to expect a payout from the International Court of Arbitration. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not sure which court it is, but okay. there are international courts in which uh, investors have a right to sue for not just what they put in, but also damages. Right. And given that nine figures were invested in Zetis. These damages will be at least in the nine figures, could yeah. get into 10 figures. Astronomical. In the, in the best case scenario. Yeah. So those are very large damages for a country with a GDP of $25 billion. And if um, they choose to not pay those damages, they will be excluded from international trade in many ways and it will be very difficult for them to do business. So, um, you know, they'll have to make good as best they can. I expect it could be that the best case scenario is possible here, right? Like it could swing. So the, the, in this case, it's the red team, uh, which is their version of Democrats. Um, the Democrats don't like uh, their version of Democrats. The red team doesn't like uh, these Zedes. But if they react too strongly towards them, then when the blue team gets back in office, that's their version of Republicans. Sorry, it's mixed up. Um, when the blue, blue team gets back in office, they come back in and they make all kinds of concessions to the Zetes in the hopes that they don't have to pay um, these arbitration costs, right? Well, and it's also just the general investment in the country. Honduras is in the early stage of development. One of the best ways to develop is foreign direct investment. It allows you to rapidly grow your economy and if investors now feel that the Honduran government can't be trusted to honor not only their laws, but their constitution, international treaties, then why invest here when there's dozens of other countries around the world that they could invest in? Indeed. Right. Like that's, that's kind of how I feel um, when it comes to this is, is that, look, if I were to have invested millions of dollars into uh, Honduran uh, land in hopes of being a Zede, wouldn't I have expected to get something special out of it? Because, you know, there's 200 UN-recognized countries, thereabouts, and I could have gone to any of them. 
what kind of expectation does some local mayor have that I would move to his little slice of paradise and pay taxes and get building permits from him? Come on. It's ridiculous. But that's exactly how these power-hungry little petty tyrants feel. They, I mean, they've literally said this. The mayor of the crap town of Huts next to uh, Prospera said, pay your taxes. Buy your building permits. 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. It's ridiculous. The gall. Free Talk Live. And we're back here on Free Talk Live. The number, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Mark with you. And Alex. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. We're talking about, we have been talking about the uh, Texas shooting, as well everybody is on the radio right now. But we're also talking about Alex and my's adventure over the last couple of years, trying to find the freest place in the world. And... This brings me to a thought that I think is worth sharing. I don't care what some list says about the freest place in the world. I don't care about the Cato Institute's list. I don't care about uh, you know the institute, the Fraser Institute, or any of these other lists that are out there. I think they're interesting and informative, but um, you know if a list lists Hong Kong as the freest place in the world, but you can expect a Chicom takeover there, I don't recommend going. Um, I mean, to me, I think what you have to do when it comes to freedom is you have to look at you. You have to look really deep in your own soul. Examine your own psyche and determine what do you need to make you feel free? Because that's where you're going to start. So let's say for a second, um, you're a gay guy, right? And now gay guys have been moving for more freedom for a long time. Now, I don't know whether they go to Providence, they, uh, they go to the P-Town, uh, Provincetown, um, in Massachusetts, or they'll go to the Castro district in, um, California, uh, in San Francisco. They'll head on down to uh, Key West, Puerto Vallarta. Is that so? Yeah, I don't know what... Um, oh, there's just a whole variety of places. And if for whatever reason you think that's a good for you, then maybe that's what you need to do. I don't know. I'm just trying to give you a glimpse at what I'm talking about when I say this. Because if, for instance... You want to, uh, you know, build whatever you want to build. And a lot of people want that. You probably shouldn't move to a city. It doesn't matter whether that city's in Florida or New Hampshire, which are very free states. You're probably going to get confronted by zoning laws. You probably are, you know, if you want to build some kind of earth ship out of, you know, a house made out of garbage. Well, you know, go out into the, the desert and do it. Find some place that doesn't have these, uh, these laws and you can, you know, research it and find it. And this is what I mean, is that different people have different things that make their heart sing, whatever it is. And you need to figure out what that is for you and you need to pursue it. And a lot of people, the answer is, I need to be around my friends and my family. 
I need to be around the business that I've built, and I need to stay where I am. Probably the majority of people out there just need to grow where they're planted and understand that every jurisdiction has its limitations, that none of them are going to be perfect, and that um, if you're you know one of these kooks like me that's just looking for the freest place for you, there's going to be qualifications for it. Now, personally for me, I don't care about being able to own a machine gun. And I don't care about being able to go to a casino and throw my money away on, um, you know, games that are rigged towards the house. I don't care about uh, getting a rash at a local brothel. And I don't care about smoking weed while I walk down the street or whatever it is that one wishes to do. These aren't my thing. I don't even drink. I care about a place where I'm not required to pay for the local communist indoctrination center, the middle-class welfare babysitting day prison that um, periodically gets shot up by lunatics. Oh, I'm talking about school, government school specifically. Like, I just, I, I don't want to be involved in it. Government school has shown for a hundred years that it's the single worst education in almost in 99% of the jurisdictions in the United States and grade levels. You can check and take a look and you can see what's the worst person providing third grade. What's the worst organization providing third grade in my given jurisdiction or seventh grade or whatever. And 99 times out of a hundred that the answer to that is going to be the municipality with the state's help with the federal government's help somehow they can spend more per student in many jurisdictions and still fail breathtakingly every single year and get more and more money and i have to thank the teachers otherwise i'm a bad person now look I went to government school four out of uh, 13 years, right? And I'm not saying that government teachers are bad, but I will say this. The teachers that went to my private, that taught at my private school, you knew why they were there. They were there for a commitment because of a commitment to their religion. They were getting paid less and their um, you know pensions were less than the c- public school teachers uh, at the same rate so why do the public school teachers get paid more probably because where they went is dangerous <laughs> um, two tax and regulation look I-, I think that people do need to be regulated their behavior does need to be regulated but I don't think that the government is the best organization to do that regulation I think in many cases it's who you know and if you know the right people, you can do whatever you want. And if you don't, then you've got to follow all the rules. And if for whatever the reason they decide they don't like you, they'll come after you. Look at this. Look how many people sold Bitcoin at localbitcoins.com. But they came after my business partner, Ian Freeman. I wonder why. Was it probably because the agency, the very agency that arrested him, was the one that um, we called out on air, the FBI. Come on. It doesn't take a genius to figure out what's going on here. We know that um, the FBI, you know, the FBI has been looking at Free Talk Live for a long time, part of the Free State Project. 
there's one particular kooky FBI agent out there that believes that they're, they're an armed and dangerous gang. Now, you'd think after 20 years or so in the free, of the Free State Project existing, it's just a little less than that, but not much. There would have been some armed dangerous things happen, but no, that hasn't really happened. But this guy's got a wild hair, and he's got to follow his lead until whatever. And it's really just, it's very frustrating. Um, so uh, tax and regulation. T- the tax part, look, how are you going to be successful as a business, an international business? International businesses cannot operate out of the United States because they're competing against businesses with significantly lower tax rate. Now, if you're running a plumbing business, clearly, um, you know, you're competing against the people in your given jurisdiction. So if you're running a plumbing, plumbing business in Walla Walla, Washington, you're competing against other plumbing businesses, um, you know, from Spokane down to, you know, wherever. Um, but if you're importing and exporting and doing a variety of things, you can't compete as a U.S. citizen because the United States government doesn't care to compete. They care to get paid. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here on Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever is on your mind. And, well, you know, we're going to continue talking about how you can find freedom here on NNN. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Alex. The number, 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. And we're taking your calls here for the remainder of the hour. We'll uh, get right back to the phones here. But um, I've kind of talked about where uh, we've looked for freedom, Alex, you and I. And it seems like we always end up in the same places. <laughs> Great minds think alike. And re- indeed. Um, so we've ended up in the U.S. Marianas. Uh, we've ended up in Honduras. I am not abandoning either one of these projects. I just don't believe that they necessarily fit for me. And what my, the advice I have is, is that everybody really needs to, to do a self-check as to what's best for them. But I want to talk about some other options that are out there. There's a whole variety of them. So people are buying up these golden visas in Portugal. Um, some people are, you know, getting residency, uh, getting citizenship in Malta and Turkey. And uh, people, Americans are moving down to Puerto Rico. Uh, St. Kitts and Nevis uh, is another option. There's whole kinds of things. Of course, there's the Free State Project. I can't uh, fail to mention uh, they have been highly successful in so much as getting people to move. And um, they're going to have the Porcupine Freedom Festival coming up here shortly. If you want to go to ForkFest, which is, you know, kind of free talk lives after party for <laughs> ForkFest, go to ForkFest.party. That's ForkFest.party. And let's go to David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, um, I wanted to ask you actually what you just alluded to about the what are what are the options, what are the future, what's the future, what are you personally look at? But first of all, let me say that you know you're talking about the uh, women in Honduras, and I have a I have a hypothesis. I, I think that uh, that the reason that Alex experienced pleasant women in Honduras uh, reflects on Alex's personality, and the reason that uh, Jack in in Washington had a negative experience with women in Hon- or the woman from Honduras 
is uh, reflects on his personality. That's what my hypothesis is there, Jackin in Washington. So and so, Mark, um, what uh, what is what is what do you what are your next steps? What is in the future for you? I know you've been talking about that the whole show, but uh, what specific things are you looking at? What what are you doing now? What's your next move? You know that whole kind of thing. What do you what do you see? What do you want? What are you looking at? Well, um, I am, as I said, still holding out some hope here for Honduras. Um, I am not advising people to pick up and move unless you are highly adventurous and highly mobile. Um, you need to be prepared for the possibility of uh, collapse as far as ZAs go. There's also the possibility although I don't think it's probable that they literally could roll in tanks into um, one of the ZAs. Uh, they're going to they're have a difficult time doing it in Prospera, but um, the one in uh, Choloma, right next to the largest city in uh, Honduras, they really could. It wouldn't be that difficult. And I wouldn't advise any of my listeners whom I love, right? Like I, I decided long ago, I am not going to give advice to my listeners that I wouldn't give to my family. And speaking of which, uh, my mother asked me, should I move to Honduras? This has been a couple of um, months ago. This was, would have been before any of the political problems. And my answer to her was my mom's uh, 81 and she's got a couple of little dogs and she loves them and doesn't really can't travel with them very well. And my answer to her was no. Sarasota, Florida is perfect for you. It has all the right doctors. You get the best medical treatment on the planet here. And you've got everything set up just the way you want it. You don't need the adventure of searching for a free place. If I find some place that is so wholly an Eden that you must get there, I'll let you know. But at this time, no. No, Mom, please don't move. So that was the advice that I gave to my, my mom. Right. And so as, as another way to answer the question that I asked um, uh, uh, indirectly, which will give us an idea. So um, what, what are you focusing your time and energy on right now? I mean, when you're not on the radio, what, what are you doing that you consider uh, your productive work as far as looking at uh, that kind of thing? That'll give an indication of, of what other people might be thinking about. I mean, you've told us Honduras and you've told us uh, Marianas. Um, but what are, what are you currently working on? What are you spending your time on when you're not on the radio? I'm working on building a housing development where people can, uh, live in community, um, uh, free from, uh, government interference as much as they possibly can with all of the, um, pretty much all the things they need for modern life provided to them in a safe and secure fashion. And I really can't say much more than that, but when I roll this baby out, it's going to be the full package. And I don't want to advise anybody of anything prior to that because things like what occurred with the ZAs here can happen. And, um, you know, uh, that's basically it is, is that Alex, um, who, you know, I'll, I'll toot your horn here for a second. Alex is a, uh, is it Stanford grad? And yeah, is that right? Yep. Yep. And that's your, where you got your uh, master's? Yes. Yeah. You got your master's there. Alex is a brilliant 
young man, and I feel so lucky to have him on my team. Uh, basically, what I do is, is I uh, you know direct him, give him a nudge in one direction or another, and he works on problems and solves them in um, you know uh, fascinating ways. So. Um, you know, we're working on this and I hope to have real answers for people in the relatively near future. But at this point, I'm managing to broadcast from a beautiful Caribbean island and feel relatively safe from the intrusions of the state. Cool. And so you're, so you're still in the planning stages right now, right? You're not actually doing uh, uh, construction of anything. You're just in the planning well, um, some construction has occurred, but um, there's nothing habitable. Oh, right. Yeah. And and uh, and where uh, do you have habitable. anything? An online. Pardon. Not much habitable. Got it. Yeah. Do you have an online presence where people can view uh, anything that you think is worth viewing? I am not prepared to roll the, the, I was just working with the gal that's setting that up today, and I will have something for people to see. But my hope is is that people will watch what I'm doing more than um, and be prepared for me to roll something more out in the future. Not that they'll um, just you know as soon as I say you know open up a website that they're that they'll be disappointed if they can't buy something. I, I want to advise people of what's going on. So the reality is is that you can move to Morazan.city where I spent a couple of nights in the last couple of weeks. And you can live in what is the freest place in the world. But frankly, they're having, they're facing a lot of problems um, at this moment until they're uh, though. Some of those problems are solved and some of their sorted out. I'm not prepared to tell my listeners whom I treat like my family um, to, you know, pick up, pull up stakes and move there. I'll tell you what the rent is um, furnished. It's uh, $200 a month. I mean, that's pretty, pretty nice. And uh, what was the ping rate on the internet there, Alex? Uh, as it low 14? as 10 milliseconds. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what'd you get up and down? You had 30 up, 30 down? Yeah, 30 up and 30 down is the fastest speed they have right now. Yeah. So, you know, life doesn't stink there. Uh, power rate was uh, 15 cents a kilowatt hour, but you don't have any hookup fees. Yeah. Well, you you, right. you pay to get hooked up, but yeah. So anyway, I mean, you know, life's... It's, it's it's aggressively to priced live for 500 a month with uh, very little government interference in your day to day. And money isn't freedom, but it's kind of an analog to it. The more money you have, the more things you can do. And that's pretty cool. Now, there's, um, you know, certain people like you and I, David, where yeah, just the uh, the the state's intrusion in our lives just, you know, irritates us. It, it makes us irascible. And it's like, I shouldn't have to pay. But the reality is, is that if you can, you're going to be um, you're, you're going to be able to do a lot more. David, you have something more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hold. Yeah, the number is 603-283-6160. It's 603-283-6160. David loves that I'm on the air because I'll hold him over every once in a while. So there you go. <laughs> You're on Free Talk Live. You can call in. You won't get held over, though. It's the final segment of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Alex. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. Before you do, though, I'd like to encourage you go to go to Telegram, 
telegram.freetalklive.com. That's telegram.freetalklive.com. We uh, post all the articles that we talk about here on Free Talk Live there for you to peruse and double check and whatever it is that we do. Make sure that you know, it, it's your job. You are the journalist here. You are checking us on Free Talk Live. So it's telegram.freetalklive.com. My, our longtime caller, David, he uh, called in. He was asking uh, what I've been doing since I haven't been on the air for about a year here on Free Talk Live. And I was kind of telling him what's going on in, uh, in Honduras. And I didn't want to uh, take up whatever time uh, you might have had, David, um, that you wanted to talk about something on me so you know there you go what's going on hey no i called to talk about uh mark all mark and uh the, you're really <laughs> that's my favorite topic yeah there you go i we i think we all have that in common um the uh what occurs to me is you know so first of all i you know i asked on the last segment what do you have uh visible viewable as far as resources online for people to take a look and maybe be interested. And let me take a different approach. Uh, other than uh, things that pertain to you, what online resources could you direct people to other than simply Googling Honduras or whatever, but uh, online resources for people to take a look and maybe pique their interest? Uh, and, and secondary to that, uh, in that same vein is, if I'm thinking now, if I was in your position, I was trying to interest people in this area or some other area, I would, you know, one, direct them to online resources that uh, that show them that. And then um, it, moving someplace is kind of a big step. So maybe somebody would want to uh, buy an airline ticket and, and head off to somewhere for a week or two and uh, just uh, hang out and visit and see how they like a place without the intent of staying there, you know, with the intent of returning and then further entertaining uh, bigger ambitions. Um, uh, so uh, along that lines, what, uh, how would you respond to that uh, general line of inquiry? Well, I'd say we were looking at the uh, mock-ups for the hotel today. Yep. So, um, okay. you know, we're, we're absolutely thinking of this uh, as you're, as you're talking about, um, the best way to stay informed on this is to go and sign up for the newsletter, uh, free talk lives newsletter at freetalklive.com or for the telegram group group at telegram.freetalklive.com where we can stay, um, in touch on the subject. And, um, I just can't reveal too much about too much, uh, when it comes to right. that's why, what that's we, why I was, that's why I was asking other than, you know, with, without respect yep. to what you are doing, with only with respect to what people other than Mark are doing in Honduras, yep. meaning native Hondurans as well. Just, you know, where, where are good windows on the Internet uh, to go and look at uh, Honduras? And then the second part of that was simply um, people going about just having a week or two vacation uh, in, in that area just to get the feel of it without doing any business, just to, you know, to satisfy how it feels to be there yeah i would say a good place to check out are the prosper resources uh there's a prospera subreddit r slash prospera that posts frequent updates there's also a prospera discord chat so both of those you can get the latest information on zetis some might argue prospera is a little too optimistic and has since the new government that has come in been uh, very unconcerned by the threat they faced. In Outwardly comparison. facingly unconcerned. We don't know what their, you know, yeah. their, their board meetings are like. 
So uh, keep in mind that they're very optimistic and incentivized to be so as their model relies heavily on full autonomy, where some of the other Zetis can survive with a lot less autonomy. So keep that in mind. But they have the best lawyers and teams and engagement with the community. And another one is Morazan.city. That's Morazan.city. Check them out for, um, you know, what they're a big, a big, bold plan. They've got some cool stuff going on. One thing that jumped out when David was talking there um, to me, thank you for the call, David. Appreciate that. Um, was that when, since we've been here, it's been a couple of times now that some Honduran has said, Honduras has always considered itself to be the United States's little brother. And that we, um, you know, like they believe in hard work and, you know, a whole variety of things. It was, I found it very interesting to just hear them, um, say this is, you know, it's like, yeah, they welcome us here. And I think that's a great thing. I have not felt, uh, endangered while in Honduras at all. I can assure you that has, there are some places in Honduras that are dangerous, but they're probably not nearly as dangerous for me as they are for a Honduran. And um, so, you know, my experience uh, in the country has been great. Um, Alex, I want to play, uh, you know, move their speed date with you. Um, many people are moving around the globe to different places for a variety of reasons, trying to find more freedom. Um, I'm going to spit some things out. You're, you're well researched on this topic. Uh, just give me 20 seconds on what you think about any of these given places. Puerto Rico. Uh, great for people making hundreds of thousands a year or with in the millions US. of assets who are American. Yeah. Um, how about uh, the Portugal Golden Visa? There's also a Spanish one, too. Uh, it was great for crypto people because they did not consider crypto as taxable capital assets. But that's about to change. So it's a good place to get a European citizenship, but not as good from a, a crypto tax perspective. But they still have many exemptions. How about Spain? Uh, Spain is a potentially quick place to get a passport for people of Latin descent, but the taxes are high, as are the bureaucracies. What about St. Kitts and Nevis? They had a lot of uh, corporate benefits at one point. St. Kitts is the first citizenship by investment program and continues on today. Around 150000 to get a passport that for a can person. get you most places you'd want to go in the world outside U.S. and Canada and maybe Europe's in jeopardy on that one? Yeah, there's rumor that Europe is going to remove visa-free access to all citizenship by investment countries because Russia. What about the, um, you're right, it's because, uh, you know, they, the it's because, thing. yeah, it's the current thing. Um, what, <laughs> whatever the current thing might be. Is there any place else in the Caribbean you might consider besides St. Kitts and Nevis? Uh, there's a lot of low-tax destinations in the Caribbean. You can get French colonies. You can get Curacao and others, Dutch colonies, British overseas territories. There's a ton of places to shop around. Just keep in mind that it's expensive there. Island life is expensive. Electricity, shipping, taxes, all of Internet. that can be an issue. So make sure to do your research. What about Panama? This was long been a destination. Uh, Panama is a fairly good destination because the incentives are aligned. Their bread and butter is being a Latin America's financial center, pretty well connected, lots of retirees. So a decent place to check out if you like tax savings. 
What about um, Brazil? I know that uh, it's relatively easy to get a passport there. There's some, uh, you know, they're a little more liberal with their passports than most. Uh, people say Brazil's a great place for a passport through family. If you have a kid there, you get automatic permanent residency and can get a passport in one year on paper. Everything with bureaucracy could take longer. Spouse, you can get a passport with one year residency after you marry them. And there's some investment programs as well. The challenge with Brazil is it swings back and forth from left to right and seems to be on a way towards a leftward swing from its current Trump-like president. Is there anything in Southeast Asia, um, anything in this region besides, say, Saipan, um, that you might consider for a destination for somebody who wants to find more freedom? Philippines, maybe? Yeah, Philippines is a potential great place because there are many islands and there are territorial tax, so there are some tax advantages there. You can just keep renewing your visa every 30 days or so for years at a time, so you don't have to do visa runs. And it's uh, you in the rural areas, they leave you alone. It's very cheap, English-speaking, and people are nice. UAE? Uh, UAE is good if you want to be an international financial center that's extremely well connected. I would say it's sort of the new London. And um, then Project S. We cannot give the name of it, but um, tell me about the uh, quite probably the freest place in the world that's going to be open in some amount of weeks or months. Well, it's hard to tell without giving away uh, where it is, what yep. it's about, but... Uh, Everything started in Africa, and things might be coming full circle. Right. Uh, so private law, um, private civil law, private police, um, the ability to exclude police, uh, private uh, judges, actual judges, not arbitration. Um, you know, a city built efficiently from the ground up, English speaking. And that's some pretty good stuff. Anyway, you can be sure that I'm trying to find out the best solutions for you, uh, Alex and I here, and uh, we're going to use Free Talk Live as our platform to talk to you about it. And I want to thank my good friend Ian for letting me be on the show tonight. It's